1: you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. And if you're looking for a place to go to watch Packers Vikings and you're going to be in Minneapolis or you just live in Minneapolis, StubHub has a party you can go to at Dayblock Brewing. They've got beer, wine, call liquor, soft drinks, wings, pizza, sliders, bacon, flights... Do I have to say anything other than bacon flights? You can go to StubHub.com and search the StubHub Tailgate Packers ticket event, Packers at Vikings, December 23rd. They've got a watch party, pregame party, postgame party, all of it. So check that out. It is Crossover Wednesday, and our friend Luke Braun from Locked Over Vikings is on the show today. And after our conversation yesterday with Michelle which I very much enjoyed. It was very free-flowing. It was open-ended, and we just sort of chatted. I really liked that format. So we're going to do the same thing with Luke today. I just It's going to be two guys just talking ball, and hopefully that is something that everyone can enjoy. Uh, we got a lot of good feedback on our conversation with Michelle, so we're going to do that uh, in just a minute or two. Before we do, though, the Pro Bowl... Selections were announced on Tuesday. Aaron Rodgers and David Bakhtiari were the two selections for Green Bay. What is interesting about that is, of the players on this team, there are a number of them that I think deserve Pro Bowl accolades Kenny Clark, Brian Bulaga, Mason Crosby, absolutely, Zadarius Smith is one of those players. They were not the ones selected. In fact, it was the two guys who I think have been off their games more as star players than some of the Packers' key contributors. Now, they weren't the only ones that were selected. So they were official selections and then first alternates, Mason Crosby and Zedarius Smith were first alternates. But then 12 Packers in total were selected as as either selections or alternates. Devontae Adams, Jair Alexander, Adrian Amos, Kenny Clark, Aaron Jones, Corey Lindsley, Preston Smith, Danny Vitale. Aaron Jones 100% deserves it. Jair Alexander has played really well this season, so has Corey Lindsley, Preston Smith, Kenny Clark, Adrian Amos for sure. Devontae Adams missed a lot of time, but when he's been on the field, he's been very productive. Danny Vitale, look, good for him. The Packers fullback, they're one of the few teams that plays with a fullback, and so it's hard to argue that that he deserves to go because he's made some big plays for this team. He's been a useful piece in the passing game and in the run game, so good for him. Uh, the, The goal for this team is that none of these guys play because if they play it means that Green Bay did not have a game the next week. If they have a game the next week, it means they're in the Super Bowl. So all of these guys would trade the opportunity to play in this game to be playing in the only game that matters around that time of year, and that is the Super Bowl. Whether or not that happens, obviously, we have to wait and see. I don't want to waste any more time talking about the Pro Bowl because, frankly, it doesn't mean that much. Uh, It means something to the guys who have... If they have, you know, Pro Bowl bonuses, but that is not <laughs> something that everyone has to worry about, and it is certainly not, you know, the the end all be all when it comes to the evaluation of someone's play. So again, I just I don't want to worry too much about it. What I do want to worry about is getting to our conversation with Luke Braun. You can follow him on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL B R A U N. He is the host of Locked On Vikings. And someone that I always enjoy talking football with. I want to dive right in here because this is a a huge game for both teams with an absolute ton on the line for both. And it brings up all kinds of different interesting topics. And it reminds me that a lot has changed, but a lot has stayed the same when it comes to how these two teams look going back to week two. And and a big one for two teams that have that were not in the playoffs last year. So it, it is exciting times in Green Bay and Minnesota after they had to chase down the Bears last year, and neither team were particularly successful. We don't have to talk about that.
3: Yeah, rip the Bears. We can revel in that real quick. <laughs> so uh, I guess tell me, we'll, we'll start with the Packers first, because it's been a while, right? It's mm-hmm. been, I mean, yeah. it was week two, last time these two teams met. Obviously, uh, Packers won 16 to 21 there. What's changed? What's different? You know, is there a, a particular difference over the last 14 weeks that's happened? Have there been injuries that we need to, like, account for, or or are we largely going to see the same, the same team?
1: You know, what's funny is if we had had this conversation five, six weeks ago, I would have a lot to tell you. And yet now at this point in the year, heading into week 16, it's largely the same roster. And the difference is Raven Green and they've replaced Raven Green with Ibrahim Campbell. And I mentioned this on Twitter yesterday when the Packers have had either Raven Green or Ibrahim Campbell. They're giving up 16 points a game, which is exactly the number they gave up to Minnesota at home. When they've had anyone else playing that hybrid nickel linebacker role, it's been 24 points a game. And so defensively, they're playing much better. Even with the 37 points that they gave up to San Francisco uh, with Ibrahim Campbell and Raven Green, it's only 16 points. So that just tells you how good the defense has been when they've had their preferred personnel this year. And offensively, they look a lot the same. They need their running backs in the passing game and the run game. Devonte Adams is really the only consistent threat, and that's where they are. And that's where they were in Week 2. It seems like that's pretty much the same thing for Minnesota. They're a run-based team that goes play-action. They've got two great receivers and a defense that has really good pass rushers and a secondary that can be a little bit inconsistent. If anything, it seems like Xavier Rhodes is not the player we thought maybe he was in week two, or at least hasn't been this year. Is that fair to say?
3: Xavier Rhodes is definitely public enemy number one in Minnesota. He's had a a pretty poor year. Uh, And the other corners that have had to come in, and in fact, Xavier Rhodes has, he hasn't been benched, but he's been rotated more often uh, with Mike Hughes, who is uh, very interesting to evaluate because, of course, he had the truncated rookie season. So this is kind of our first elongated look at him. Uh, and he's definitely had his ups and downs and they've been pretty extreme and it's actually really fun to break him down. Um, but yeah, Xavier Rhodes has been really deep in his own head. He's very, very like mentally not, uh, making very good decisions right now. He's not reading receivers correctly at all. He's, you know, turning his hips too early, turning his hips too late, you know, getting himself in poor positions, um, and just kind of getting generally tilted. I think we saw that. I think it was the the Seattle Seahawks Monday night game where he kind of had a tirade on the sideline. Mm-hmm. So he's really been struggling. And because of it, they've been rotating him out. And I think that's a huge difference is that you'll actually see a cornerback rotation with even uh, not only Waynes and Hughes and, and Rhodes, but even Holton Hill getting a few snaps. The undrafted free agent out of Texas who is uh, definitely playing above that pedigree. Um, so they've been rotating and they've also kind of changed their scheme from a cover four, cap, every route, don't ever get beat deep on anything, but give up all the underneath curls in the world. They've kind of moved away from that and they're now taking a safety out of the box and playing more two deep shells where they can then encourage the corners to be a little bit more aggressive. That's the adjustment that they made over the bye, And it's actually worked to, to a reasonable degree. Of course, they generated seven turnovers last week, but that's probably not sustainable.
1: Well, especially against a team that I believe the number is nine all season turnovers and uh, Green Bay is number two in point differential turnovers played a huge role in that week Two game as well. Green Bay forced three fumbles. They picked Kirk Cousins off twice and play Probably to play, the worst
3: play Kirk Cousins season.
1: Well, and, and then maybe you add that Bears game, too. He wasn't particularly good. Right. I mean, play to play the numbers play to play. Minnesota outplayed Green Bay. And, and yeah, total yards was, and first downs well, and, and all it that like stuff. It's there wild. was a
3: disastrous first quarter in that game. And then mm-hmm. they kind of managed to claw their way back in it, but they couldn't finish the job. Um, so I, I don't think anybody walked away from that game thinking, yeah, you know, the Vikings really deserved to win. Although there was plenty of, of uh, Hammond and Hahn about the officiating because of that weird Dalvin Cook penalty. Um, well, our mentions
2: they, are very they, different, I, <laughs>
3: Yeah, I I think honestly, (laughs) like that game in the Bears game really came to define the season because after that Bears game and then all the Stefan Diggs drama that followed it, the team really experienced a turnaround. You know, they rattled off four straight wins. They, you know, figured out the offense. It became really explosive from there. And I think a difference from what you're seeing in uh, like right now compared to what you saw in that game was... The run game is not really the identity of the team anymore. And I think mm-hmm. teams still are treating it that way and they're still loading the box. We don't know if Dalvin Cook's going to play. Adam Schefter has reported that he's going to sit out the rest of the season. Mike Zimmer has said the opposite in public. So I honestly I have no idea what to do with that. I, I the regular season, no right? 16 dude, and 17
1: was the actual was what sorry, Schefter sorry? specifically said, right? Schefter said 16 and 17, not the rest of the season, meaning like, like, play, season. like right, right, right. OK, yeah, just, yeah I'm yeah. just clarifying that because that's a critical piece because these two teams could play in January.
3: Yeah, absolutely. We could be doing this again in two weeks. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like that, even with Dalvin Cook, the run game has actually been stymied pretty well. They've got a couple more explosive plays last week uh, and Mike Boone kind of gave it a shot in the arm just being a different style of runner that, I, you know, the Chargers weren't really prepared for. But otherwise, it's been pretty much stuffed. And the explosiveness of the offense has come entirely with Kirk Cousins in the past game. And this has been mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins rollouts, screens, deep posts. And, you know, that's been the like identity of the offense since like October. Like it's been a while since we've seen a game that's like, oh, this is one where the run game just took over, like we saw earlier uh, in, in the season in like September. So that's really, I think you're getting a different offense than you saw week two. All right. We're going to get back to our conversation with Luke in just a second, but before we
1: do, let's talk about breaking tea. If you're looking for a last minute, fun gift for the holidays, go to breaking tea.com slash locked on breaking Tea makes sports shirts around teams, passion moments. Great for all fans. Go to breaking tea.com slash locked on, and then search the site for great shirts and fun sports gifts. And if your sex life is breaking, BlueChew.com is here to help. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. BlueChew is prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to a doctor's office or wait in line at the pharmacy. It ships right to your door in a discreet package. They're made in the USA, and since BlueChew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than going to a pharmacy. And best of all, No more awkwardness. Right now we've got a special deal for our listeners. Go to bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code locked on. Just pay five dollars shipping. Again, that's bluechew.com. Promo code locked on to try it free. Yeah, although it is, and this is something we talked about with or we talk about with young quarterbacks. It's something we talk often about with mobile quarterbacks, tailoring an offense that fits their skill set. Exactly. And with older with older quarterbacks, we we often do not talk about that. And frankly with white quarterbacks, we often don't talk about <laughs> that, right? I mean, if we're going to be if we're going to keep it 100 on this, that is just the reality of it. I and ye- and yet, here we are. Minnesota has built an offense that is tailored around the things Kirk Cousins does well and they have subverted all of the things That where, you know, if he needs to do them, things can get a little wonky. He throws, when he is playing well, he throws as pretty a deep ball in particular, but as pretty a ball in general as there is in the league, and they found ways to put him in positions to succeed. That's an offense's job. We shouldn't be detracting points from the way Kirk Cousins has played this season because of that. And it seems like a lot of people want to do that.
3: I yeah, I think he nailed it. Uh, I mean, they have figured out. I mean, and I I don't know if they figured it out or if McVeigh figured it out in 2015 and 2016, uh, but they're basically running the same scheme that McVeigh ran in Washington in those years, and the same scheme that Matt LaFleur came up under. So you know, you guys are pretty familiar with that, um, and mm-hmm. they've really leaned into it. You know, he's really good at rollouts. He's really good at throwing you know deep posts over the middle. He's really good at a few specific things, and defenses haven't really figured out how to stop it without you know, selling out and then losing to like Dalvin cook and stuff. And they have enough weapons elsewhere outside of those things to kind of keep defenses honest. And Kirk cousins has been dealing. Um, but m- moving back to, to the Packers, you mentioned something that I would love a little bit more, uh, expansion on that, that Devante Adams is the only like legit threat. So say you bracket Devante Adams and you just sell mm-hmm. out entirely to stopping him. What happens to the Packers offense? Does it just fall apart or does it just have to resort to something different? Is this, it does it become an Aaron Jones game? It depends on the situation. Um and that is a little bit of a cop out, but
1: when you look at the the Green Bay uh offensive play chart over the course of the season and and how they have stacked plays, a lot of it has depended on the situation, but more to the point, it has it has uh depended on the score and it has depended on the down and distance. Sure, sure. Early early drive or early possessions, first and second down, they've been Awesome. And in scripted plays, Pro Football Focus has been following this all season. They're the best passing offense in football, the first 25 plays of the game. And so that that part of it, it doesn't really matter what you do with Devontae Adams. They're going to find ways to attack the defense in in ways that either you're not expecting or in ways that are just maximally advantageous for you. In the middle of the game and in the middle of the field in particular. This is a very weird thing about Green Bay. By success rate, they're eighth in success rate between the 20 and the 40 on both sides of the field. And they're a top five offense in the red zone. In the middle of the field between the 40 and the 40, they're 27th in success rate.
3: That's bizarre.
1: It's totally bizarre. It makes no sense. And it, it is just one of those weird things that if you track over the course of the season, it it totally makes sense if you've watched the Packers play all year. They they get a couple first downs early in a drive, and either they're going to march down the field and score, which they do as well as anyone number one in the red zone. In the middle of the field, things get wonky. And Matt LaFleur wants to go on fourth down in plus territory. That's why this is weird. It's just a lot of them have been like fourth and nine. And you can't do and that. You're, and you're just... SOL there. So it's fascinating. I'm wondering how you think, you know, to your point about Devontae Adams, we saw in week two, it was their goal early to get him involved. First play of the game, play action shot played to Devontae Adams. They hit it. It sets the tone for everything after that. Yeah. If you're Minnesota now, I mean, what are you going to, what do you think that they're going to do? What is the plan there?
3: And and if it were you, what would you do? I guess let's 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 try and tackle both those questions. So right now, I, I'm a pretty big fan of the adjustment that they've made. So I will I defer to that. But they are playing too deep Deferring and you just to have a Zimmer safety over the smart. top of them every play and you're just bracketing him. That's it's got to be it. You know, they are going to play sides. I wouldn't I don't think anybody in the secondary is playing well enough to shadow Devonte Adams. So you just play sides. Xavier Rhodes on the right. Trey Wayne's on the left. Rotate guys accordingly from there. Uh, and let Green Bay dictate the matchup. That's something that, I mean, they've had Rhodes shadow Adams in the past. He's just not playing well enough. And they've actually taken him out of that shadowing role as the season has gone on. So I don't think that they'll do that. I think they'll just let you line up Devonte Adams on whoever you think he can beat and put a safety over the top of him and hope that that takes him away. And then you're, you know, making Geronimo Allison beat you.
1: Yeah, and uh, I have plenty of thoughts on Geronimo Allison. I don't think we have time on the podcast today to get to <laughs> oh, no. all of them. Uh, but, no, we, we, we have heard uh, from Matt LaFleur that, that Jake Kummerow has earned more snaps. He had a 49-yarder against the Bears uh, last week. That was a huge play in that game. Set up a touchdown that makes it 21-3, and, and that was all Green Bay really needed to do. I, I'm, I, I think your, your question, though, back to the Devontae Adams piece, is a good one. On Sunday against the Bears, on the two drives where Green Bay really broke the game open, it was a 7-3 game. They come out at halftime. They have a they have two five-play touchdown drives. Nine of those ten plays involved either Aaron Rodgers running, Aaron Jones getting in touch, or Devontae Adams getting in touch. The tenth play was the Jake Kummerow big play. And that's how this offense is going to work at its best. So if Devontae Adams is going to get all that attention, they're going to try and find ways to get Aaron Jones in single coverage. Now the problem with that against a team like the Vikings is, They have linebackers who can run. Yeah, that's Eric
3: Kendricks. And the Vikings are probably more than happy to take that matchup.
1: Right. And so what we saw in Week 2 was Green Bay played a lot of pony personnel. They played two running backs. And that created some confusion in what they were going to do on the back end. It, It created some matchup problems for the Vikings, and then Mike Zimmer made some adjustments. Aaron Rodgers mentioned that after the game, they were sort of like, what happened? And he said, Mike Zimmer happened. I mean, he has that much he respect does that, yeah. for Zim, and and I, I think that respect goes both ways. It is a question that I that I don't know that we have a good answer to, outside of to say early in, in the in the game, it doesn't seem to matter. And then after that, it does matter much more. And then, again, there's this weird thing going on in between the 40s that I can't explain. And Matt LaFleur said after the the Washington game, if I could explain it, I'd fix it.
3: And yeah, but I like, can Maybe it's just a quirk of luck.
1: Right. And, and it's one of those things, too, where Minnesota's, I, I'm sure you know this, um, very good on defense and especially in their front. When you have Everson Griffin and Daniel Hunter, you have to account for those guys. Green Bay just happens to have this offensive line that can handle those guys. I'm wondering about the other side, though, because Green Bay has been able, especially with Zedaria Smith as a rover, to unlock this part of their game where suddenly they're defending the run, even
3: with this this
1: bizarre 5-1 that they play.
3: Yeah, so we're we're coming off of a game where actually the tackles had maybe their best game of the year. Riley reef and Brian O'Neill um, were left one-on-one with Joey Bosa on like a bunch of third down situations and actually held up really, really great. And uh, they both, I thought played really, really nice games in, in that against pretty elite competition. So I, I feel pretty good about their ability to match up with like the Smiths. Um, but I think the worry is the same thing that happened in week two. Kenny Clark took over that game. Uh, uh, defensively for the Packers. And he handed Garrett Bradbury, who was definitely not ready to play right away. He has definitely pulled it together. He had an abysmal start to September and he pulled it together and he's playing at an NFL level now. Pat Elfline is still definitely a week-to-week proposition, although he's put together a couple of good games, a couple of bad games recently, and I think that's more who he is. So I I think that there's definitely an opportunity for somebody like Kenny Clark to just come in and take over again. Um, We'll see... I mean, the tackles have played well, but so have, you know, Preston and Zedaria Smith. So I think that similar to like the Eric Kendricks, Aaron Jones matchup, like that's just one of the matchups to watch in this game. That's just something that's going to define it is, is you know, who comes out on top there. Um, the, the line and there was actually a great article that was posted on Tuesday uh, on PFF about offensive line play. And, like, a, a new way of kind of measuring it, and I, I'll link it in my own show notes, I'll send it to you so you can link it in yours too. There was, uh, it, it, they posted everybody's offensive lines based on this, like, kind of new, really interesting metric. And it p- popped out that the Vikings and Packers had two of the best offensive lines. And that kind of explains how, you know, these teams are both in double-digit wins and mm-hmm. likely going to the postseason. Yeah, you you still win games in the trenches for whatever whatever
1: modern... Uh, trends there are in the game, and and obviously, I mean, if, if you can't pass and you can't defend the pass, you're probably going to struggle. That still starts with the offensive line, and it still starts with the offensive line versus the defensive line. And Green Bay can do both of those things. Minnesota right now, to your point, can do both of those things. I have a philosophical question for you. Okay. Beca- because we have – a number of players on the Vikings who are critical to their team's success in a vacuum, certainly critical to their success if they want to win playoff games. But Adam Thielen, not a hundred percent Dalvin cook to your point earlier. We don't really know what his status is. I'd call him 50 50 right now. He's
3: totally a mystery.
1: Yeah. How do you, how do you handicap how you think the Vikings are going to handle this? Because their path to a home playoff game is narrow Yes. And that's putting it delicately. And it's it, I mean, I guess we they'll know by Monday if they're if they've clinched before the game. They'll because if the Rams lose to the 49ers on Sunday, then they're we'll in know yeah. Monday then they that they're the Monday. They are at least. Right. And they're locked. They're essentially locked in. But I mean, obviously, if they if they beat Green Bay and then Green Bay loses to Detroit's backup quarterback, they the, it could flip. How do you think they're going to handle all of this?
3: Yeah, so, well, there's a couple of layers to that, right? For one, um, Adam Thielen probably is 100% by now. I think he was probably playing at 95% in the Chargers game, uh, and yeah. he should be pretty much ready to go uh, now. I think the hamstring is mostly in the past. Of course, Dalvin Cook's a mystery. However, Alexander Madison also sat out uh, last week, so you have the Mike Boone show, although I don't think he's too much of a slouch of a running back either. Um, but I think to the other well, point, which is a lot more really interesting... Good running backs. Zimmer has had a bit of a, an issue with this kind of thing of, you know, the team kind of coming out flat in some big games recently. The big one is like the NFC Championship a couple of years ago, coming out flat in week 17 last year, coming out flat in a couple of like major primetime games that really define the season. Um, That has happened to Zimmer in the past, and I think it happens when he tries to downplay these games and he tries to say, you know, oh, no, no, just approach it like a different game. That doesn't really resonate with his team very well, and and I don't think it's the right motivational tactic, and he has adjusted that this year. The last few games, he has come in and, and really had the message of this is a playoff game, treat it like a playoff game, come out, get hyped. You know, this is the big one, you know, and and let's really, really treat it like and put it up on the pedestal that I'm usually trying to avoid. And mm-hmm. he's definitely approaching that one, this one that way. But I think if the Rams lose and they're clinched going into this one, you might lose a little bit of that edge. I actually don't really trust that the team is going to be able to kind of have that same hype if they don't need it. Uh, But, you know, they like want it for seating. or. But if they don't need it, yeah, I could totally see them coming out flat. There's a lot of speculation, right? I'm not in the locker room. I can't really feel that vibe. But that's that would be my best guess. And what like Mike Zimmer is trying to do. I kind of agree with him, his strategy. I think the team responds better to, you know, let's get hyped. Let's get up for this one rather than just trying to treat it like another day at the office. Um, But, you know, as with all things, time will tell. All right, one more break to talk about Casper. The original Casper mattress combines multiple
1: supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amount of both sink and bounce. Get $100 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com lockednfl locked NFL and using locked NFL at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. And if you can't visit Casper right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at locked offers.
0: David Harrison here, the locked on Washington football team podcast celebrating with you a 21 grain salute to a less boring sandwich. Thanks to Dave's killer bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings Good. Dave's Killer Bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-GMO ingredients and is power packed with whole grains, fiber, and protein. Visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer Bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store.
1: It it is such a delicate balance that these coaches walk with these things too, because you, you want week to week your players not to get too high, not to get too low, but then you want them to come out with that intensity. And I actually think um, there is some, some uh, parallel issues here with, with what happened with Mike McCarthy. Not that Mike Zimmer is, is anywhere in the same position that Mike McCarthy was at the end, but Mike McCarthy was very much a let's go one and no kind of coach. And this is just another game, and we got to treat it like that. Yeah. And I think at a certain point, your players go, dude. We got to win like, no. Yeah, it's not another and, day at the office.
3: This is Vikings Packers on
1: Monday Night Football. Right. And everyone knows that. And this is this is this is in a lot of ways a de facto playoff game for both teams, because no matter what happens on Sunday, if Minnesota wins, uh, right, it's winning in, right? If they win, it's over. Right. Or no. Right. But so same thing for Green Bay, like they they feel like. If, if they beat Minnesota in Minnesota, the two-seed is theirs because all they have to do is go then beat Jeff Driscoll in Week 17. So <laughs> hey,
3: you know, It could be it, Kyle Sloter.
1: Well, so then 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 you better watch out. <laughs> He's uh, a gamer. He's a gamer. We know him. <laughs> no, he is. It's, it,
3: it would be Viking quarterbacks two weeks in a row, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, before we go, I have one last question because I, yeah. I need to get your take on, on Aaron Rodgers' season. Obviously it's okay. been this huge hot topic of debate. The the advanced stats aren't there. There have been some kind of I've even seen a couple of like prominent Packer Packer analysts like Ben Fennel and and uh, I follow Andy Herman who have kind of downplayed his season. It, tell me what's up with this. Is he washed? Is he is he broken or is he just having a fine <laughs> season and it's just like a hate war? Um I think uh, I think in a lot of ways Aaron
1: Rodgers' season is a Rorschach test. If you thought he was washed, you can point to it and say he's washed. If you think that washed Andy Dalton, <laughs>
3: I'll never give it up.
1: If you think if you think that uh, the importance is players not plays, then this season just validates your belief that Aaron Rodgers is still a very good quarterback. Uh, he needs a little bit of help on, at, at the skill positions, and they'll be fine. What I said yesterday on the show, and I think this is—you know—this is how I feel, and and uh, it's a little bit of a cop out, but I, I think I think I have a, a reason for believing it. I need to know what happens next year. If we see this again next year, because Aaron Rodgers said after after the win against the Bears that the offense looks like a first year offense. There was a great quote from Matt Ryan that they caught the NFL films camera's caught him talking to Kyle Shanahan in we, in year 1. The Falcons go 8 and 8 and Matt Ryan says, "I can't wait until I know this in, this offense inside and out because we'll be unstoppable." The next year, he wins the MVP, they go to the Super Bowl, they probably should have won the Super Bowl. If this offense looks like that offense next year, then Aaron Rodgers was playing in a first-year offense. Uh, with a bunch of players who've been playing in the same offense forever, and first-year inconsistencies happen. Is he the guy that we saw in 2014? No. 2011? No, 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 no. Could he still go run the table in the playoffs like he did in 2016? Yeah. He he is still capable of doing those kinds of things. Um, but there's no question he is a um a, a diminished version of what he was there's just there's just no way around it do i still think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league yes do i still think that in the playoffs he's going to be one of the most dangerous guys in the league absolutely but there i mean this is this is going to surprise a lot of your listeners i'm sure kirk cousins has been better this year he's Woo! had a better season from a productivity standpoint pro he's been better aaron rodgers made the pro bowl and Guys like Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins deserved it more. That's just the reality. And and I have defended Aaron Rodgers, but the, the reality of what happened this season is
3: that's the truth. So that's just where we are. Yeah, I think I agree with all that. I, I mean, we saw Kirk Cousins take that same second year leap this year. So there's definitely yep. proof of concept in the division. So and, and I think the, and as the we concepts stand are right similar. now on. Sorry, I would. The, the
1: offense is there's a lot of similarities in the offenses. So it just oh, makes the exact sense that yeah, they all came that's, up. That's what their I'm saying.
3: Right. Um, so, okay, so the, the line as it looks right now is Vikings minus four. Uh, most of that's home field advantage. How do you think this one's going to turn out?
1: Well, if Dalvin Cook plays, uh, I I mean, I think it's something like 30 to 24 Vikings. And if Dalvin Cook doesn't play, mm, then I think it's something like 27, 24 Vikings. I think the Vikings are the better team at home, especially. But I think right now they're just the better team. And it may or may not matter because if Green Bay beats Detroit, Green Bay is the three seed. And then we'll get to know at Lambeau Field the the truth of it. So that's where I am. Where are you on this?
3: It's it's so weird how this game, I mean, if the Rams uh, lose to San Francisco on Sunday, this game could be weirdly meaningless right. uh, or like weirdly of diminished meaning, especially because the Packers can lose and then just like go beat David Blau and then it's all fine. Right. Uh, so I, I think and the other fun thing is that there's two streaks here. One of them is going to end. The, the Packers have never won at U.S. Bank and Kirk Cousins has never won on Monday Night Football. One of those things mm-hmm. is going to end. Um, and, and I don't, I I don't really know which one it's going to be. I I think for this, I would default to the home team. That's what I should have done in week two. It was one of the only games I picked wrong this year. Um, so I, I guess I'll do that. I'll, I'll default to the home team. I think the Vikings can cover this something, but like a, like a 27, 21, uh, and it's down to the wire, you know, and somebody gets a possession at the last minute and we'll see if, you know, it's somebody there, but I, I, I think I'm picking the Vikings in this one. I, I think I just have to. They're they're playing well right now. They're playing humble but not reserved. You know they have the right amount of confidence, and and I think that they're a team that can beat anyone, uh, but they aren't guaranteed to beat anyone. So I say that with a, a very limited degree of confidence. Uh, no, but that's Peter, right. thank you so much uh, for hanging out today.
1: Luke, this has been great. I did refer to U.S. Bank yesterday on the show as a bird killing glass menagerie. So that is what I that's think about only fair. U.S. Bank. Yeah, it's just objectively true. I don't know. I don't know what to, I don't know what to say. That's
3: fair trash talk. That's that's what this week's about.
1: <laughs> all right, Luke, this was great. I appreciate it, man. Have a good one. All right, I want to thank Luke again for joining the show. Always great to talk with him. We're going to be back tomorrow. Again, not a scouting report. I'm working on on getting an interview scheduled, so hopefully we can get that all done. And then our live show on Friday. Remember, four Central, five Eastern is how we handle that Friday show. It is not going to be an injury report situation, so send me your questions. A lot of you have already sent some in, and I would love to get some more. I want the filet mignon. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. I want the filet mignon of questions. Give me your best question, your pressing questions. I don't want to talk about draft. I don't want to talk about free agency. I want to talk about what's going on in the season right now. That's what you guys care about. That's what everyone cares about, so let's freaking do it. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers. You can put us on your Google home. All kinds of ways that you can have us in your life. Tell your wireless, your Bluetooth device. Play Locked On Packers. Okay, Google. That whole thing. You can do it. I don't want to say it because I have one and I know it will literally start playing whatever you want if you have multiple. That is a thing that has happened to me. It is a thing that has happened to listeners and they have told me that that has been a thing that happened to them. So I will save you on that one. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.